guys. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman. And today I have my friend Carly Mask joining me. Hey, Carly. Woohoo! Hey, Kelsey. How are you? I am wonderful. It's a wonderful Thursday and I'm so stoked to be here with you today. I am so excited you're here. For those of you listening, Carly and I did an internship years ago when we were both in college um, together with the Mocha Club and then kind of got reconnected this year. And I'm so thankful. I'm daily inspired by her. So, hey, Carly, I'm just excited oh, you're likewise. here. Likewise. Likewise, girl, it's really such a dream to be chatting with you right now and to be kind of reconnected, our paths being crossed again after all these years. Um, just so stoked. Thanks yeah, again. I would love for you to just start by like sharing what you do, your story. Um, I think your story is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, it's been so much fun. Um, I mean, my story has been an adventure. I think that we all have an adventure story and, you know, sometimes it doesn't always make sense and it twists and it turns, but looking back, you know, now I can really start to connect the dots. Um, I can say happily that I truly do feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Um, so sometimes I think when you look at your current um, story and then look back, it, it's able to kind of inform like where you've been and why and how far you've come. Um, so I'm a Carolina girl living in a California world, and, you know, far from home and what I've always known, um, have had to take a lot of um, bold and brave steps along the way. And um, the last seven years, I've actually been working in tech in San Francisco, um, was working for Apple and then Monster Products and then Tilt and have taken a huge leap of faith into a new direction now, um, actually going full-time freelance for social media and photography for brands, um, now living in Santa Barbara. Wow. Seriously, that's a huge leap. I, I know the feeling. It's scary. Yeah. So, you know, backing up a little bit, what landed you in San Francisco from North Carolina? North Carolina, yes. right? North Carolina in the first girl. place. Yeah, great question. So um, I went to UNC Chapel Hill. Um, my background is actually in photography and visual communications. That's what I majored in there in college. And I had an exciting opportunity to go work with Apple in San Francisco as a part of a leadership program and figured, hey, you know, I don't know a single soul out there, but I'm always down for a new adventure. So I, I took a, a step out and moved uh, 3,000 miles away from home to go to San Francisco. Wow. And were you married at that point or still single? Still single, still single. Uh, I thought I would meet my man in college and senior year was uh, coming up and that still hadn't happened. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, I guess I guess this isn't the place where I'm going to meet my man. Um, little did I know, towards the very end, I would actually finally realize that I indeed would. Um, my husband, so, so sweet, his name's Al, and he actually had a commitment to New York when I had a commitment to San Francisco right after graduating. So we did the distance for about six months from San Francisco to New York. A lot of painful um, nights and a lot of expensive plane tickets later. <laughs> and then he actually proposed in December of that same year, which is wild. Wow. And then he moved out there. He did. Yeah. He, um, you know, I asked my job if they would move me to New York. He asked his if they would move him to San Francisco. Mine said yes. His said no. We thought, all right, God, um, I guess I'm moving to New York. And he actually woke up the next day and said, you know what, babe, like the Lord really placed it on my heart to quit everything and um, per come pursue you. So that was 
you know, such a blessing um, because I think that that's translated to a better just overall work-life balance um, and investment for our relationship and marriage. Wow. I have so many questions. So obviously you two are no strangers to making leaps of faith. So like really going from, you know, the corporate world to um, freelance world was still a huge leap of faith, but not your first rodeo, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that has always sort of been in my DNA and a part of the journey and adventure. You guys are risk takers. We definitely are. That's amazing. (laughs) So you just recently moved from San Francisco to Santa Barbara. Tell us about it. I love the story behind it. Yeah, yeah. So um, honestly, you know, he had been in San Francisco almost seven years. We had an incredible community there, an incredible church, so many wonderful friends. Like we thought our careers were going extremely well. And um, honestly, I guess the Lord had a different plan in store for us. Um, We only thought we'd ever at that point be in San Francisco or um, North Carolina, just because that, again, was where our communities were so deep. But um, we were praying about what was next for us in our careers. Um, Although we loved where we were, we were just unsure about what it would look like long term. And God made it so clear to us, literally (laughs) down to having on a concrete wall, my husband was walking home from work one day, and he saw the sign that said, Santa Barbara is calling, dot, 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 (laughs) with San Francisco crossed crossed out. And we had been in some conversations and um, hearing about some opportunities in Santa Barbara um, as sort of context to that literal sign. And so he came home, he ran home, and he told me about it. He showed me the picture, and we just looked at each other with that smirk, kind of like, "All right, God, you're funny. Like you, you, the love is in the details for us." And um, he could not have made that more clear. Wow, that is. Amazing. So when you decided to, when y'all really felt the shift starting to happen, how long was like the incubation period of like, okay, we think we're moving. Is this right? I don't know. And then actually doing it. Yeah. Great question. I mean, honestly, Kelsey, it was just a few weeks. Even It was pretty fast. It was pretty quick. Um, Luckily we were month to month on our little apartment in San Francisco and um, the new year was kind of coming about, which is always a great time of, you know, reevaluation. And so it all happened so, so quickly um, towards the end of last year, early um, this that year. That is amazing. Wow. So had y'all already been on the freelance journey prior to your move or did you quit your job and move and go for it all at once? Yeah. Um, so I had, I always have had a heart for photography and social media. I've always been, um, you know, primarily working on that for brands in the tech world, but on the side, always dabbling with, you know, creating my own brand and my own content for myself or just some casual stuff for friends and family members. And so it was funny ever since I majored, um, in photography back in college, people, professors and, you know, peers and things like that would ask me, are you still doing photography? Are you still doing photography? You know, people were really rooting me on and cheering me on. And, you know, I was, but it wasn't full time. It wasn't the only thing that I was doing. And it wasn't necessarily for the clients that I would choose, right? Or the brands that I would want to be um, working with. And so... Um, eventually it just transitioned to, to that because, um, crazy, crazily enough, the tech company I was working for actually got acquired by another tech company in January. And I'd always said, I will only work for Tilt, which was the company or myself. And honestly thought I'd be working for Tilt for many more years, but the Lord had different plans and he revealed that to me. And 
again, the love was in the details and it was kind of like, all right, Carly, now is your time. It's now or never. Um, you know, I've provided for you. I'm going to provide tenfold. Go take that. Wow. So what would you have to say to people who are scared, like scared of God provide? I mean, obviously like we have so much scripture about God providing and, and for me, I have my own thoughts too. And like, man, I've seen him provide. It's like been little step by little step. And every time is, is a little bit bigger, a little bit riskier, but God has this, you know, history in my life of always providing. So each step was a little bit bolder Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. gave me the faith for the next step. Isn't it amazing that sometimes he kind of pushes us out the door before we're Mm -hmm. ready and Mm -hmm. is like, okay, time to trust me. What would you have to speak to someone who really is in that kind of like season where they like feel like maybe they're right about on the verge of stepping out or they have been kind of forced to step out before they thought it was time, you know, that kind of thing. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say listen to that voice, you know, listen um, to your heart. Trust that God is going to provide tenfold for you. Um, I mean, I think he's been teaching me so much about the power of provision and the power of precision. Um, And by that, what I mean is, you know, so precisely honing in on what it is that you're passionate about, what makes you feel so alive and, um, you know, putting aim behind that, putting aim behind that. And with that, he will provide tenfold. I I think you hit it on the head there, Kelsey, by saying that he, he always... Um, does and he looking back is kind of again where you can connect the dots and see he's always provided every step of the way we're all okay we're all you know still here today and um, that he'll continue to do yeah, that I, lo- I love what you said about like you said it twice too about looking back and connecting the dots what are some areas in your journey that surprised you that you didn't know how all these various moving parts of your life would be woven together and now you can see it as a tapestry yeah. Um, great question. I think, um, so, so I originally moved out to San Francisco and I was part of this Apple, um, program as this Apple leadership program. It was retail based. And so it wasn't exactly how I had envisioned the program to be. What it meant was that I was on my feet, um, every day, uh, you know, weekends, holidays, even, you know, working retail, managing geniuses, literally geniuses at the genius <laughs> bar. Um, and for, for that season, I would often be like, you know, Lord, I'm not sure why I am really in this season. I don't know how this is all going to add up. Um, And so looking back, for example, and connecting those dots, it was a place where I learned and gained so much um, just knowledge for the leadership skills that I have, as well as it introduced me to the first brand that I ended up working with, which was Monster Products, because we sold those products in the Apple stores. And I was really familiar with the brand and they were local. And so it sort of struck a new connection. And then um, even being at Monster as well, um, I was... (laughs) working at the Grammys and working at all sorts of crazy and fun events. And, you know, it sounded really sexy and glamorous and um, all of that. But at some point for me, it just wasn't sustainable. I was gone every weekend. And I'm again asking myself, Lord, why am I here now? And sort of what's next, right? Um, And then that eventually propelled me into the next thing um, for Tilt, being able to leverage the experience I had there. And so, you know, if you look at sort of that resume or um, one place jumping to the next place, it may be hard to understand. But for me, it makes a lot of sense and finally guided me to where I am today. Girl, I'm with you. I had some very 
interesting seasons of like, God, what are you doing in my life? Like I, either this is a job where I'm working 70 hours a week and being paid for 40, or this is a job that I never expected myself to be in, or why am I taking a year off and working at Starbucks? Any of it. I had all these various different jobs that didn't fully makes sense. But now where I am today, looking back, I know that each season was super purposeful and propelled me into the next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of wisdom in that when you can lean into that. And there's a lot of um, just character that comes from the grit, I guess, you know, of those seasons that yes. you're in. Yes, yes, yes. Character development all the way. And it, it I think it really is Every moving part of your story is purposeful and you can learn something from it, even if it's not enjoyable. I tell my friends who maybe hate their job or are really unhappy with how their boss is leading their team, you know, like learn from that. It's not glamorous and it's definitely not fun in the middle of it, but I also wouldn't take back those hard seasons at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Learn about the type of leader you oh. don't want to be to inform the type of leader that you can oh, be, I've right? Learned a, um, lead yeah, into that. I've learned a ton about, especially in ministry of exactly what I don't really want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that was actually a really painful learning curve because it it meant that all my expectations of a leader in ministry were kind of shot down um, mm-hmm. in the working mm-hmm. world. And because I've I've been there, I've worked for these Christian public figures who I I totally thought it'd be one way and it was a different way. But I still would never ever take back that time. Like I really learned a ton, and I learned some very positive things there as well. So not all bad. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, one of my favorite pastors from North Carolina, he recently um, led and talked about how sometimes when God is moving in the biggest ways in your life, it's imperceptible to your senses and it doesn't look like much is happening kind of when you're in it. But when you look back, you realize like he's moving mountains, you know, he's um, developing big things in your heart and in your life. And so it can feel like um, the day-to-day can be mundane, especially when we feel like we're stuck or we don't understand what he's doing in those seasons. But sometimes those are when he moves in the biggest ways. That is such a good point because obviously like the imagery of moving mountains, like that obviously anything for God mm-hmm. is easy, but the imagery of moving mountains, that's no small feat. And so that might feel like a really hard season, but actually the most is happening. That's right. Absolutely, yeah. So, okay, so you majored as a photography major in college, right? Right. Tell us about that. I love, I loved reading one of your fun facts that you photographed a celebrity wedding while you're still in college and Elton John played at it. Tell us about it. (laughs) That is so true. Um, Yeah, I mean, so I went to college wanting to be a teacher and I always have loved teaching and being able to give back the summer after freshman year, however, I had the opportunity to um, travel to Southeast Asia on this sort of full scholarship experience that two alum from my school created, um, which was incredible and so life-changing and life-giving. And it really informed my path and redirected it to want to actually shift to the journalism school and to major in photography. I just had never before felt like just as uh, on fire, I guess, and full of life. Yeah. And 
um, when I was able to take these images and create these images of people and culture um, and share it with the world, you know, at that time, just on Facebook and on my blog, um, the response that you would get and the kind of reactions and the engagement you would get in real time was just so motivating and encouraging. It seemed like people wanted more and more of that. And so it was funny when I was um, entering into the journalism school, the dream, like you had made it if you um, landed a job, you know, in with the newspaper um, after college. But for me, I sort of always... <laughs> um, Let's see. I that was that was not kind of the end goal for me, and I always saw saw it differently for myself. And this was when social media was kind of just on the rise. So Instagram hadn't even come out yet. Um, towards the beginning of that journey, you know, Snapchat, no one obviously knew about. Right. Um, and so, um, so for me, you know, photography was was such an awesome medium of expression. It led me to be able to um, teach kids in inner city Durham the basics of photography and be able to actually print their photographs um, and and bring them into a college campus for the first time and be able to showcase that. And so I was able to teach and give back through photography. Like you said, I was able um, to shoot the celebrity wedding that I was so humbled by. I couldn't believe that this celebrity couple would ask me of all people to, to shoot this. It gave me a lot of confidence that, hey, wow, like anything is possible, right? Like if I can travel the world at a young age and shoot a celebrity wedding at a young age and I was also so humbled to receive this thing called the Hearst Award um, my senior year for doing this series called American Beauty. Then like, what are the other possibilities, God? Like, what do you have um, next for me? And so so that was sort of the foundation and launching pad of it all. But I feel like I'm finally now after seven years of sort of twisting and turning and being in tech and being in retail, getting back to that, which is so exciting. Wow. Isn't it interesting how sometimes things that you started out with come full circle? Absolutely. Yeah, that is, that's what it feels like is, is happening, you know? And I think um, people around me that have been watching and um, cheering me on for all of these years are really excited to see that shift. And I feel like, again, like I said at the very beginning, that I'm finally doing doing what I've been made and created to do and exactly where I'm supposed to be. I just, I just love that. I love the humility with which you talk about the opportunities you've had because it really, it's really, um, appealing or what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, it's just really endearing. That's the word I'm looking for, you know, to hear you talk about that. Like it's, it's exciting to cheer you on and be your cheerleader because you accept these amazing open doors with such humility. And I think I think that's beautiful. So, wow. So you have a huge heart for creating content for brands and you're freaking awesome at it. Tell us about like what you do and what your business does for different brands and businesses that you get to partner with. Yeah. Well, I love that you're asking me first <laughs> because for, for those listeners who don't know, Kelsey has been a huge catalyst to kind of igniting and reigniting all of this within me. And you're already a part of my story in that way. So thank you. Thank I'm you. so humbled that you're even asking me that because I'm like, you are the one who's been such a catalyst for me. So um, I remember when you launched the Instagram um you know, uh, online content that you did. Yeah. And 
um, seeing that and thinking, wow, like there's someone out there doing exactly what I've dreamed about doing. You know, this is me still working at my tech job. And I was kind of just curious and peeking. I'm like, I want to learn more. I want to buy that and see, you know, what, what she's teaching and kind of hurt, learn more about her story and what she's doing. And the fact that there's someone out there doing this, like, whoa, that makes it more real that I could potentially be doing this. You know, I had been doing it for just one brand at a time mostly, and then my own brand on the side. But what would it look like to be doing this for multiple brands and to kind of be able to, um, to select or choose which ones would be the right fit to work with too. And so that honestly, Kelsey, I can't say it enough was such a catalyst for me waking up and being like, okay, you know, I could do this too. And feeling that confidence and stepping into that direction. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so now kind of what that looks like is, you know, I've only been doing this since February and it's May. So it's only been a few months now. Um, it was so fun to announce to the world, like, Hey world, I'm doing this now full time. So if you know anyone, um, or if you have any needs, please, please reach out. And I was again, so humbled by that response. I think I had over 20 inquiries the first day of people reaching out and wanting to learn more or wanting to work together. And so it's just been a process, I think, of walking through like who are those people that are the right fit and making sure that I'm intentional too about taking on um, and working with the right brands that really resonate authentically with me. So what I do is I um, not only curate content for these brands, but with that photography background, I also create the content. And that is one thing that really inspires me and motivates me is creating that content, styling that content to bring these brands to the next level. So for example, um, one brand that I'm so excited that um, we're officially working together now is called Parker Clay. And they are an ethical um, leather goods company based here in Santa Barbara. All of their bags and products and um, all of their goodness is made straight from Ethiopia and the home and heart of Ethiopia. And um, they're actually just two blocks away from me now in Santa Barbara, which is so much fun. But for them, um, I'm able to take their products around the world. I was just in Guatemala and next week I'm headed to Iceland. And so it's been really fun to like create that content for them, but then also optimize it. Um, so that's what we'll be working on next beyond the creation and curation um, process is how do we then expand the reach um, of all of this content? How do we spread um, the awareness of their brand and how do we really maximize engagement, which ultimately lead to more conversions for their business? Wow. I love like the strategy with which you think about these things, because I have conversations with people all the time and people don't really think about the intricacies of, you know, optimizing content or really getting the most bang for your buck with your time and what you're doing mm-hmm. with social media. And using social media intentionally and purposefully for your business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and you, you can probably definitely um, align and empathize here with this, is that being in this world, you have to stay on your feet. You have to think creatively and think differently because it's an ever-changing platform and, you know, things are changing all of the time. So we're constantly having to think about new ideas. And, you know, when things like organic reach are diminishing, then how can we be creative, think outside the box so that we can keep building um, a brand together? Absolutely. So I know that we, we chat all the time and I love, like, I, I love bouncing ideas off of each other. And for, for anyone listening, like I highly recommend you finding what my friend Kate Crocco calls a biz bestie. Um, and I have a few where you can just call each other and say, what do you think about this? And this is changing. And what are you doing to adapt? I mean, what have you found in 
I think you're so good at this, connecting with people and reaching out and building a friendship that's authentic. It's not for the sake of networking and just getting something out of of someone. It's genuine. It's truly relational. But what would you say to, to those listening who want to put themselves out there or want to really just make some friends in their industry so that they can have that sounding board. Yeah, that's been that's been huge because I, I think that there's a lot of people out there that are doing this for brands. They're working in-house, but honestly, I haven't, and maybe it's because, just because I'm newer to it, I haven't found a ton of peers or mentors that are doing exactly what we're doing, um, where we're working with brands and bringing their content or their social game to the next level. And so for me, it's been super crucial to, to kind of sit down, do a little bit of that research, find those people that you want to connect with, that you want to develop, like you said, those authentic relationships with, um, and then just in that authentic way, reach out, you know, ask questions, see what kind of value you can add to them too. So it's not about, you know, what you can just um, benefit from, from them, you know, take them to coffee, offer to buy them acai bowl, you know, at at a local shop, whatever it may be, um, so that you can start forming that community of, of those biv besties and of those cheerleaders and mentors and peers around you. So I think with you, Kelsey, I just, reach out on Instagram, DM, um, Facebook, you know, I just try to connect in different areas, um, that, that might resonate. And you have just been so warm to, to kind of bring me into your life and your world too, and to, um, challenge me and to encourage me. And I love our weekly phone chats that we have now. Um, I think some other really great resources for people could be, you know, finding private Facebook groups, finding, or forming little Instagram pods together uh, where people can bounce ideas off of each other. They can um, help each other bring their engagement to the next level and their content game to the next level. Um, And then also podcasts have been huge. Again, that's why I'm humbled to even be on this one today because I've been listening to yours for a while. I've been listening to Jenna Kutcher's for a while. And those are really, um, especially if you're working at home or working by yourself and you need that motivation or, you know, some new ideas, those are really great formats um, in which to do it. I love podcasts. What are your, what are some of your favorites aside from, oh, thanks for including us in there. Um, Aside from Jenna's, I love Jenna Kutcher's. I listened to all of her episodes within three, the past three weeks. Yes, yes, I love her gold digger yeah. podcast. I'm like, we are going to be friends one yeah. day, and I'm we're we're going to hang out in Hawaii at your new <laughs> at your new place one day too. Me uh, I know, right? Another one is um, hashtagged. It's called hashtagged. It's an Instagram podcast, and they feature different um, Instagram you know, uh, people <laughs> as the Instagrammers. Um, and they just kind of ask them like what their journey has been like, or, you know, what, what's their advice? Um, you know, what's kind of changing in the industry or where they see the future of it going. So that's a good one. Um, and then just like, I mean, I just love listening to, uh, <laughs> this isn't like Instagram or social related, but Elevation, um, that's that's a church from North Carolina where I'm from. And listening to Stephen Furtick just is so motivational and incredible too. So when I need that motivation to kind of kickstart me in the morning to get me creative, um, you know, thinking creatively or to get me up, then that's one that I always go to and as well. And if you're looking for good music, Elevation Worship, whoa. So oh, good. So good. <laughs> so good. There, there is a cloud is like their, their latest one. And I'll just like on these um, road trips from Santa Barbara to San Francisco, when I go back and visit friends, I just crank it up and I'm literally like, they're talking about moving the mountains and I'm looking at the mountains and it's just so beautiful and surreal. Uh, <laughs> I see. That has to be an awesome album to dr- make that drive on. How fun. So I know that you're getting to do this 
with um, Parker Clay, you have a heart for ethical fashion. And that's how we first got connected was with Moga Club. So how, what um, sparked that um, passion and that interest in you? And it's really cool to see that like being woven into your career with brands you do social media for. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Um, Mocha Club and Fashionable was the first one that I was exposed to or spent time with. And I think um, just this idea of taking a step back and learning who are the people, who are the faces and the stories behind these products in our everyday life from, you know, our, our home decor products to the clothing items that we wear every day. And when you stop and you, you ask that question and understand what you're supporting, I think you can kind of peel back the layers and um, just, just learn and see a lot more there. And so when I realized that this whole ethical fashion movement. I mean, kind of um, when it was first beginning, when I realized the power of, you know, even purchasing a bag or a pair of shoes, like the Tom's model or whatever it may be, can truly transform people's lives. Um, And when you're starting to see the faces of of the people behind these products who are actually making them, like that is to me so fulfilling and so motivating that I want to ask myself, like, how can I do this with, you know, everything that I buy uh, or more, more items than not. And so that sort of transitioned into me following different ethical fashion brands or getting connected with them. I worked with um, one called Tribe Alive and was able to go spend time in India with the artisans that were making some of their beautiful silk tops and bags and things like that. And then um, more recently, like you, like you said, with Parker Clay, I'm just like, I, I yearn for that connection. I yearn for working more closely with these types of companies because to me, it gives me so much purpose um, and really ignites that passion. That is so cool. And you know what we've gotten to chat about, which I would say these ethical fashion brands um, absolutely embody is slow fashion. So are you like on the slow fashion train? Yes, I am definitely getting on that train for sure. And, you know, I'm even asking myself, like, what would that look like if I had my own, you know, brand or my husband and I, we have this, um, with this company called Camp Digital, the creative agency that we started together earlier this year and everything I do operates under that. And so we were talking just the other day, like, what if Camp Digital had a gift shop um, component? And, you know, there's goods from all around the world that are like that slow fashion, those ethical good um, types of things that people can support because whenever I'm traveling, people are like, oh, where's that from? Or how can I get that, right? And so there seems to be that interest. So I'm currently mulling over how all of that fits into what I'm doing as how well. cool. Well, I definitely would love for you to share more about Camp Digital and all the services you guys offer because y'all y'all like are the total package. Oh, thanks, Kels. He's, he's incredible and he teaches me so much. And I think that we really balance each other out with our strengths and what we're interested in. Um, where I do a lot of like the photography and social for brands. He does a lot more of like graphic design and overall marketing strategy and things like that. Um, So he also has a full-time day job per se. And so um, um, if he's able to on the side, then he definitely invests into into, um, taking on more clients. But um, what Camp Digital is, is we're a small boutique creative agency and we have a team of all sorts of different creatives. And so we can do um, as much or as little as any brand wants. So if a brand just wants social and photography, then I'll be the one that's primarily dedicated to that account and that brand. But if they want a whole website makeover and 
packaging and branding and, uh, you know, a, a fuller plate of a la carte options, if you will, then we actually pull in different creatives on the team that we've worked with um, throughout life before. And we sort of assemble the, the right package for that brand and client to um, bring them to the next that level. That is really cool. And I really do encourage you guys to check them out because y'all offer so many valuable services that any business getting off the ground needs. Like everyone needs a website. Everyone needs social media services. And and the fact that they can come to you guys for pretty, and you obviously are a photographer where they can come to you and get everything if they need it in one fatal swoop. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we were thinking. Like we have worked with such big companies, I mean, from the ones I already mentioned to Airbnb and Google and, um, and others that we saw these big budgets that these companies, uh, were spending on agencies and seeing the kind of service and the deliverables, um, that, that yielded from that. And our mission and hope was that for small mom and pop businesses and, you know, boutique brands and shops that they would be able to have access to that same level of talent. And so that's what we've been trying to create with Camp Digital. Um, I will say right now, there's no, we're kind of under the radar. So (laughs) if you Google us or if you try to find the website, it's not there yet. So they they just have to reach out directly if they wanted to learn more. Find Carly Mask on Instagram and you can go from there. Thanks, girl. Seriously. So where do you see it all going? I love that you brought that up in our kind of what we were chatting about before um, we started the podcast recording. Um, You mentioned where you see it all going. Yeah, I think I think so much in this social world, like so often we all sort of operate in the hour by hour, the play by play, the the day by day kind of mode, just, you know, flying through notifications and flying through messages and just trying to get to like that inbox zero that it can be hard to like take a step back and zoom out and say, okay, you know, why am I doing all this? Where is this all going? Like, what is that vision? And, you know, three, five, 10 years from now. Um, So I've been sitting down and doing some, you know, work and looking inside and asking myself these questions. And like, Lord, you know, where, where do you see this all going? And what do you have in mind for me? And like, what is the purpose in all of this? And so I think when I look at it, um, I see right now, it's just me um, on the social side, on the photography side. Camp Digital is a wider team, but within my own team, within that social realm, I'd love to grow out that team. I mean, um, I'm again, so humbled by the early interest and inquiries that I've already seen and gotten. It's only been a couple months here. And so I know that at some point that I'm not going to have the capacity to take every single brand and client on and that um, I'd love to you know, share that with an associate on my team who would be able to deliver, you know, a similar quality service and output. And so I think that growing this team to, you know, three people, five people, et cetera, over the next few years could be really exciting. I know there's a lot of people that are hungry to learn more too in this world. And I'd love to be that teacher. I'd love to give back and um, try to help make a little dent, make a difference in their path and in their journey. And then, um, two, I really want to get more into the educational side of thing. I mean, you really inspired me with, um, all of the online content that you produce Kelsey, and I'd love to start producing some of my own content, like whether it's even just starting with the Instagram stories on a more regular cadence, um, and then maybe going to some downloadable, you know, resources that I'm able to share with a wider community. And then maybe eventually workshops. Like I'd love to have a Santa Barbara social media workshop where people come retreat for a weekend and we all share ideas and learn and collaborate together. Let's do one together. (laughs) I would so do a workshop. That sounds so fun. I love that. 
Thanks. Yeah, I, I think it's really, really exciting to think about um, just because, like I said earlier, like I don't know a ton of um, peers or mentors in this space. And so I think that people are thirsty and hungry for that knowledge and um, that collaboration that we talked about earlier in sense of community. I think so, too. I think it can, especially if you're a freelancer and work from home or if you, you know, work a day job and kind of have a side business where you're like, how do I do this? I don't have any contacts or really anyone giving me advice when I started, no one was really doing Instagram management. I I saw a few, I saw like one course on how to grow Instagram, but that's it. I didn't really know how to do it other than wing it. I had no one to talk about it with. And Mm -hmm. I I think- Yeah, you've been such a pioneer in this. It's been so fun to see you lead the way. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just- you know, I think even when I went full-time freelance, my my family and some of my friends were like, is that like, is that really a job? I think it- Right, right. I think it took like, them, oh, you're just on Instagram all day. What is that? Yeah, I think it <laughs> took them to seeing that like, oh, I can keep a roof over my head before they realized mm-hmm. like, that's a career. Or, or my stepmom saw me at the kitchen table on my phone a lot of the day and thought I literally was just sitting at the kitchen table on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> just for the heck of it. And I was like, no, I was working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, running many, many brands. I, was, I think she just thought I had come home to visit and was just sitting at the table from eight to four on the phone. Who does that? So um, it's it's been funny to kind of see this evolve. And, and I am super thankful that more people are kind of stepping into this industry because there there is enough room for all of us. Everyone needs help with their social media if you're a business. And so there's mm-hmm. plenty of room for us to do this as a career together and not feel mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the coolest like mantras and lessons I've already learned in Santa Barbara. There's a big rising tide um, presence here and you know, that whole idea of community or collaboration over competition and that there is enough, um, you know, there is a big enough pie for all of us to have a piece of it. I think once you have that mindset and really shift towards coming from that place, um, then it opens you up for more, you know, success and for more, um, more fruit that you'll be able to yield, I think, from um, working with others. Absolutely. I'm with you, girl. And I love what Rising Tide does to promote that, to really live that out. I think it's pretty Mm -hmm. awesome. So one thing I have learned from you is to not- Tell me, tell me. Yeah, (laughs) to not undervalue myself. And we have conversations like that that go back to this all the time. So what would you have to say to someone who is kind of in the middle of like maybe- thinking through a price raise or setting their prices price points in the first place is it necessary to start lower and if you're brand new and grow into higher price points what would you say because I haven't necessarily always done this the right way and I've I've needed a lot of motivation and encouragement just to raise my prices Mm -hmm. yeah this is always a tricky one I think um but really um, amazing once I think you you sort of master it or, or stick to your worth. And this has been an area that my husband has been so incredible at pushing me in and challenging me in and um, teaching me about. So I think where I would start is I would try to understand like 
what, what do I want to achieve in a year? Like, what does that look like? And then back into that a bit. So, um, figuring out, you know, for the year, like how much you would ideally like to make, like what would success be like for that? Um, and then backing into that, you know, from like a monthly or quarterly or even hourly perspective to inform the packages or the rate that you put together. Um, I find that a lot of times what I'll do is initial consultation with a brand, understand what their goals and objectives are just because it's not like a cookie cut or one size fits all. Um, someone may care more about Pinterest than they do Instagram, for example, or more about Facebook or more about ads than they do posting and content. And so really getting a sense for what they're looking for. And then what I found worked really well is be able to share with them three different packages. So package A, B, and C and making package B the ideal package that you would truly want to work with them on and deliver on because psychology says that um, oftentimes people do select that package B. Um, and then sticking to it and knowing that what's your worth and not being willing to compromise or negotiate yourself down and down and down and down. Because as soon as you do that, you're going to be into the ground trying to kind of claw your way back up or, you know, get rid of this client because, you know, you, you, at the end of the day, it's not meeting your goals. And so that's sort of the framework that I've um, been using to think about this. You know, it may mean that you do need to start out a little bit lower than maybe where you feel like you'll be in a few years, but just whatever that rate is, make sure it's motivating for you. Make sure it makes you wake up every day excited to work for that client rather than having any, I guess, other feelings um, about that. Because this is one area that you can control and that you can um, create for yourself. Girl, please do some workshops on that alone. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, everything you said is really important because it's been, I'll be the first to say, it, once you set the tone with a, with a client who negotiates you down and haggles mm -hmm. with you and you mm -hmm. meet them there, you're stuck. It's really hard mm -hmm. to even go back to your no, normal price point. I have definitely yeah. bundled packages you know, to the moon and back to where I've discounted my services and I can never get out of that rut with that particular client. And then on, mm -hmm. usually the client who's paying the higher price point is getting more valuable, more value. They're getting more heart yes. and passion from you because yes. they value you and you're working harder when you feel valued. And it's just, it's, it's just all around a, a better decision. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And those clients that are going to, you know, constantly negotiate you down and try to get you for a lot less than you are worth, those likely aren't your ideal clients, you know? Those likely aren't the people that are going to see the long-term value in you. Um, so to your point, I think the ones that, that do see that and that are willing to pay a little bit more, um, do that because they realize you're going to put more into it for them, more heart, more passion. They're going to um, gain more and yield more from that. So stick to it as much as you can. And then, you know, ask Kelsey and I have been very open uh, with each other about our specific prices. And so find that peer, find that mentor, ask those hard questions, dig into those specifics so that you kind of understand what the going rate may be in your market and in, in your area. Um, and then I find that you can have a lot more confidence stepping into that once you have a bit more context. Yes, because when you have a peer that's charging um, at a more, a more, uh, at a bigger price point, really, or an, mm -hmm. a more appropriate price point, you can say, oh, they've booked clients at that price. I can too. Um, That's right. or even if you're pivoting into a new industry, I've really studied like other websites of like, you know, I'm making some pivots into, to coaching. And so I study coaches websites where there often are price points there and people have mm -hmm. the price point 
front and center on their website and you can see, okay, this is the going great in the industry and uh, people are people are paying for it. These people have a roof over their head. So, you know, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and another like interesting thing that I've learned across different fields, you know, um, I have some wedding photographer friend who, when they raised their price point, they actually um, booked more weddings that next year than they did the year before at a lower price point. When I was um, at Tilt and we raised our prices, um, our pricing model for some of our business customers, we actually saw that we had more people that were interested in working with us as a platform. And then even for myself, I've experienced the same when I've increased my prices like that demand um, hasn't gone down in a way where I'm trying to still attract those top clients. So I've really seen it across so many different industries and across the board. I mean, you don't want to be outlandish and unreasonable to the point where you're not going to have anyone, but slightly increasing it and knowing your worth um, really is going to attract, I think, the ideal client and that like luxury or ideal market that you may want to be targeting. I, I can't agree more. And I, I've really learned so much from you in this process because I think I rode the wave of too low of prices for mm-hmm. way too long. And um, you end up overworked and underpaid and it's just not sustainable. You won't be able to continue your business and what you do best if you're undervaluing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for people that may be asking like, well, what do I do? I'm stuck. Like I'm at this low price point and I have these clients and I still want them as my, uh, you know, clients or partners to be working with, but how do I kind of make that step or make that leap? I think that there's some some natural shifts and um, like appropriate times to do that. I think the main thing is giving people enough notice that's that's kind, that um, that gives them enough time to kind of budget and redirect appropriately if, if they do still want to work together. There's always, you know, like um, milestones throughout the year, whether it's like on a semester or quarter basis, or even just like the beginning of a new year, that you may be able to kind of reset that tone with these people or show how you're adding more value um, with your new structure. Yeah, and if you do go through a price raise, you can great and father your current clients in if it's something where they phase out regularly. If it's not, then maybe, yeah, give them a timeline um, that's appropriate and helpful for them. Or like Carly has mentioned, bring on some associates and charge your higher price for yourself and Mm -hmm. a lower price point, maybe option B, Um, for an associate, you still make a cut of that associate and then they're doing the job. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I love that model. I hope that we both have associates, you know, in the next uh, few months or years here. It'll be a lot of fun. Me too, girl. I seriously have so enjoyed this conversation and I think you are full of wisdom. I love getting to chat with you. Oh, it's been such a joy, Kelsey. It's been such an honor. Thank you so much again. Well, before we go, what would be a few recommendations you would have for our listeners? You've already shared some podcasts, but do you have any books or, you know, something that really has enriched your journey as a creative entrepreneur? Oh, good question. I mean, I think that those podcasts um, that I mentioned earlier are a great place to start. Um, I think that... Uh, for me, honestly, I'm not a big, I'm not a big book reader. I wish I were. I wish I had some, some of those nuggets to share with you. I always pick one up and a few pages in, you know, I get a little distracted, but, um, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is finding and seeking out, um, the people that you admire, you know, um, think about the Instagram accounts that you're constantly being, um, inspired by or you know the blogs that you're constantly following and and loving and you know start thinking about how you can um make 
some authentic relationships like we talked about earlier with some of these people in those spaces um, because I think it's one thing to sit there and just admire and just like wonder how people do it but it's another thing to really dig into that and to um, take a closer step into that world so that you can learn even more from these people on a personal level. So I think that would be my biggest piece of advice. Um, and then to just like ask yourself what makes you come alive and just go do that, you know, like start taking those small steps towards that, start marching towards that. Um, because the world definitely does need more people who, who come alive in it. Oh, that was so good. I seriously love everything you have to say. And I'm so thankful you joined me. Where can everyone find you? Oh, thank you. So you can find me on Instagram at Carly Mask. It's just C-A-R-L-Y-M-A-S-K. Um, my website is also Super V1, but I, I'm not afraid to, to share it because we're all a work in progress. And that's just CarlyMask.com. Yep. Hey, that's great. I, um, re- I really encourage you guys to check out what she's doing um, and look into her services. Carly just rocks. Yeah, and please give me feedback, um, you guys. Like if you see something I could be doing better or if you have any questions or I can be of a help um, or mentor to you, send me an Instagram DM um, or come find me and and let's have coffee or acai. Thank you so much, Carly. Thanks, Kelsey. guys I had such a blast chatting with Carly today I think the world of her and I love getting to chat with her each and every month she really is just a cheerleader an encourager and we bounce so many ideas off of each other and I knew you'd love our conversation today I think she is one sharp woman and makes things happen so I really admire her and I knew you guys would love listening to our conversation here on the Radiant Podcast as always if you want to keep up with her I've linked all of Carly's websites and social media outlets in the show notes as well as Radiant Collectives we'd love for you to come find us on social media as Radiant Collective across the board um, or over at our websites if you're looking to get involved, we would love for you to join us at our Radiant City Meetups. We have city meetups across the country where we are facilitating friendship and connection and community, which means the world to us here at Radiant. We are friends type of girls, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. So you can find out more information about that on the radiantcollective.org website. Um, if you don't see a city nearby you, you can always start one. Until next time, if you loved the music from this episode, it's by Kayla, one of our very own columnists, and you produced by Christian Sager. Your crew has worked hard this year, so why not get them a gift to show your appreciation? Shop Lowe's for a DeWalt Power Detect two-tool combo kit for $349. Mechanics wear Durahide Impact gloves at only $29.98. Or how about a Metabo HPT the tank compressor for $199? Shop Lowe's in-store or at Lowe'sforpros.com. And while you're at it, pick up a little something for yourself, too. Lowe's, the new home for pros. While supplies last, U.S. only. As a pro, the last thing you need is to run out of what you need. And time spent waiting on supply runs is money right out of your pocket. The good news is the Home Depot can deliver straight to the job site. That keeps your crews on the job, not the road. And that saves you money, putting time back in your day and savings back where they belong. Delivery options, big, small, right to the job site. Whenever you say, visit homedepot.com slash delivery. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.